0: Welcome to the Next Steps podcast for 2022, special edition today. It is uh, our induction service edition. Before we go too much further, though, we want to recognise and acknowledge and pay our respects to the First Tasmanian peoples as traditional owners and custodians of the land we walk on. We also pay respects to elders past, present and emerging, and for their care of country, land and seas over the past thousands of generations. We, we like to start there as, uh, as a signal of our respect and our acknowledgement of the place we're living and, and some of the issues that uh, have been part of Tassie since Whitefellas turned up. Well, welcome to this podcast. With me uh, is uh, Paul Dare and Anne Herbert, who will be familiar faces Uh, For those listening, uh, hopefully they'll also be familiar voices. You won't see the faces so much. But a new face and a new voice is uh, Dan Evenhouse, who uh, joins us all the way from the UK and uh, has uh, now become the Executive Pastor of Citywide. And uh, we've just had a a pretty special induction service. I guess to start with, let's... uh, take some time Dan to, to hear from you uh, what was the service like from from your perspective what, 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 what was the experience like on the, the receiving end of an induction service
1: mm. yeah it's nice to be here my first podcast in Tassie ever I think so it's exciting um, induction service for me um, I really appreciated uh, the, the level of um or how, well, how seriously we we took appointing a pastor. It, it's nice um, that that the church gets right behind it. We've all decided in this. this is a significant change in or an investment in our in our church, and it really felt that way. It felt like the church was right behind me. It, it, it's, um, it's only my second time I think here here at the church, and just um, there seemed to be a real atmosphere of optimism and excitement as that we enter this new chapter. So I'm kind of excited to be part of that, yeah.
0: Now, uh, and you've been uh, part of this church and numbers of churches for a number of years, and I guess you would have seen a number of in- induction services. What would you say the significance of an induction service is for, in the life of the church?
2: I think it's, well, one, partly it's an introduction, introducing rather, um, the, new, the person who is you know stepping into a role. But more important, I think it's recognising that they are coming into that role. And with that role, they have an authority to do um, and be certain things within the church community. And so there's this formal recognition on the part of the whole of that community that this person is here for that reason and and as and part and, and by bringing that service you know as an before God and, and acknowledging God's part in it, saying not only are we investing um as an authority in that person, but we know that God is supporting and blessing the person in that role and we look forward to what will come as that person follows where God has with them.
0: Hmm. Paul, you've been, I've, I've been on the receiving end of an induction service twice. How many times have you been on the receiving end of an induction service?
3: Uh, three times. Three times. Yeah, it's, um, it was interesting for me. I, I was listening to it really from a um, member of the congregation's point of view, and I found that the most challenging part was the actual congregation saying they would support Dan his family I, I found that really interesting because it's, it was very pointed that I can't even mean, remember exact words but it was almost like um, we'll do our best and we won't cause trouble yeah you know, like it was just it was just so lovely to actually hear the church commit to actually so su- doing everything they can to support the pastor mm. rather than necessarily um, why dance or grumble in the background you know it was a real encouragement to actually go okay dan's here we've got to do everything we can to support him and his family at this particular point in time i found that really really encouraging Hmm. what was that like from your end dan
1: um i'll try not to keep it in my back pocket for when someone does whinge (laughs) 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 um, another quick reflection was i was on the way driving in here i've worked in quite a few different businesses and places i don't know any other industry where you get um inducted in such a way it's, it's interesting my, my first day my previous job I just turn up and they say do this and this and that's it <laughs> so here, here it's quite a special thing because you you um, actually felt like like it has connotations of um i mean the only other place where i see that level of commitment is in a marriage where you commit to each other and and we're going to make it work whatever it takes And it actually felt a bit like that, like I'm committing to this family, to this fellowship. And they're committing to me and together, whatever it takes, let's make this work and let's follow God together through this. So it felt a bit like that. I joked um, earlier and said um, uh, to Danny, my wife, I said earlier, I said, I'm going to be induced today, (laughs) which it felt a little bit like that. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah.
0: Well, I want to take the the conversation in two different directions. To start with, I want to like this is uh, like, Dan, you have planted a church and uh, you've been on the journey in in ministry for a number of years, but this would be the first time in your life that you've had Mm -hmm. that title pastor. Yeah. Uh, So I'm wondering in a minute, Paul and Anne, uh, and you've been around church leadership and churches for a lot of years. uh, And Paul, you've been on, you've actually been pastor at three different churches. I wonder what advice you'd be given, Dan. And after we've done that, uh, I'd like to come back. And we just want to, uh, I guess, the three of us uh, interact with you, Dan, a bit and, and get a bit more of the, the background that led up to Sunday. You know, why, what were you doing in England and, and that kind of you. So we'll get, get to know you and your heart a little bit better. But because we're still talking about the whole pastoral role, uh, I don't know, and, and we think about we've all been in churches where there have been really successful pastors and what we've seen very very pastors that have done a great job and from time to time there are pastors that you may not want to hold up as an epitome of this is what you want to do uh i don't know paul or Ann, which who, who you want to leap in but it is as as dan adjusts I'm, I'm part of the reason i'm asking this i remember I, it was my second day of being a pastor uh, and I had been through my induction in Canada, and then I put my hand in my head and thought, oh, I have I just made a huge mistake. I, I've got no idea what I'm doing, and these people keep calling me pastor Matt, and I am not a pastor. Uh, but uh, I think I gradually grew into it, and I appreciated the mentoring. Uh, but it, it is—it's a, a bit of a learning curve. It's a bit of an identity crisis. Uh, would Would you guys have any? Uh, encouragement for somebody who's taking on this role for the very first time?
2: I um, really appreciated Michael Henderson's comment, Michael being part of the induction services um, in charge of state Baptist mm-hmm. leadership for the union. Mm-hmm. And um, I really appreciated his um, comments about um, Deuteronomy chapter one. Verse I think it was around verse six or seven, can't remember exactly, um, about Moses saying um, to the leaders that this was Joshua who um to encourage him um in because he was going to become leader of the people. And um and that giving him, and I think Michael used the words give him confidence and mm. And he used those words, incorporated them into the induct service. And I really put onto those words um, that as part of, um, I think as part of a church community, encouraging, giving confidence to supporting a person in their leadership role um, matters. And also there's already a recognition that God has set them aside for leadership within the community. And I thought then it sort of started me thinking about other aspects of of it all. And I went to the end of Deuteronomy, which is at the end of Moses's life, as Joshua was about to step in to the role. And um, he oh gosh i can't even remember now but i've had it there i was thinking about it only this morning but there is again this recognition of, of joshua and this mentoring role that he had he assisted moses through that time after being identified as a leader and his faithfulness to god was recognized and the way he um followed uh god's commandments it was recognized when he was stepping into leadership and i think that's part of the induction and that that commitment that dan has made yesterday but also then the recognition on the part of others within the church community
0: that... now, i don't know if this is what you're reaching for anne but i can i can actually pull deuteronomy up here for us and yeah. well, i just noticed in the, yeah, end, the, that's end, of Deut- yeah. the end of deuteronomy that's yeah. out, uh, yeah. Joshua that was, the one. Done was filled, was with, filled the with the of
2: spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. That's it. So he was he was given confidence and encouragement. And then at the time of stepping into the role, he received the spirit of wisdom as Moses laid hands on him. And that mm-hmm. happened yesterday. There was a laying of hands. And I think for the leadership role, wisdom is a really important um, uh, aspect the, that needs to come in and to be the, for that spirit of wisdom to be part of the induction because let's face it, there'll be interesting times, difficult times, wonderful times. But the spirit of discernment, the um, spirit of at times, you know, the pr- of prudence and understanding and the, the discipline of following God's way and righteousness hmm. is. It's the spirit of wisdom
0: required for those things? Yeah, I love that and the sense that in some ways there is a, almost a transcendent kind of thing that happens and I don't fully, un, I don't, don't have words to it, but there is a there's something that God does in those moments It's kind of kind of at a, almost at a spiritual level equips you for the job, I think. Mm. I don't fully understand it all, but. Yeah. Paul, do you have, how would you, encourage dan to get to use. this is his uh i guess first day at work actually technically as as officially a pastor i guess technically
3: um uh, the encouragement is oh, i was thinking about this there's so many things that go through my head when we talk about this um the encouragement would be that you've been set apart to do god's work which is just an amazing blessing and honor but because you've been set apart People hold you in higher regard and have a higher standard for you than they do for themselves, which is a real issue in the fact, because we're all only human after all, you know, no matter which pastor you've got, the pastor is still human, the pastor will still make mistakes. And this is where, I think this is where the challenge is, is people look at you and tend to think of you as a, um, a super goody two-shoes type person and, and not as a human sometimes, and it's, and that is the challenge of pastoring. I think that's the challenge is how do you portray the humility and our sinful nature that we don't want to, but, you know, we still do. And how do you portray that in a way that's God encouraging? And and it's just such a, there's no easy answer. Mm. But I think the challenge is, that's the, that's the challenge of it is How do you live a life, a godly life? at the same time recognizing the fact that you will make mistakes and you will you know do things that upset people and but you're doing your best at the same time it has this 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 constant thing that goes around in your head and you go, and you go and it's about trusting god it's about moving forward with god it's about staying in relationship with god and that's that's acknowledged but it's just i suppose my encouragement to you is there will be bad days and when those bad days come, don't put on a happy face. Actually, mm. being real is, is the one. And I think people need to see real people as pastors, pastors as real people. That doesn't mean you won't, you'll have some magnificent days where God is just booming through, no doubt about it, where you're spirit-filled and, you know, everything's on fire and it'll be great. there'll be fantastic days like that. But it's how you act in the days where things aren't going your way where you're making mistakes, where somebody's attacking you because that's what happens, in a spiritual sense, it's how you react in those days. I think that really defined your past as you think. Of.
1: Mm.
3: So that's an encouragement, I think. I'm not a hundred percent sure. <laughs> um, I
1: wouldn't
2: mind like adding to what I said because I also did a little bit more looking, there was another um, example that popped into my head after that talk about encouragement and building confidence and then the laying on of hands and the spirit of wisdom. And it's actually from the story of the prophet Elijah, who was God's man for a particular time and a particular purpose to provide God's word and the messages of God um, into that time. and. When it came to the point where he felt like he just couldn't go on, he says to God, Oh look, I've just had enough. I, I can't keep doing this." Mm-hmm. And then God gives him a couple more tasks, and amongst those tasks is to find a man by the name, a young man by the name of Elisha. Mm-hmm. And so he went to that to the place where Elisha was with his family on the farm, I think it was, and um, he laid his his cloak over Elisha's shoulders. Now, Elisha wasn't quite ready at that point to step into the role. <laughs> and so what, Elisha, what Elijah did was offered that encouragement, that building of confidence, that mentoring through the time that he had left. And then when the time came to go, um, as it worked in, as it played out, he visited this school of prophets and the prophets are saying, oh, you know, Elijah's about to go, and Elisha says, yeah, I know, <laughs> and then it goes on to another school of prophets, and the same thing happens. So there's Elijah with Elisha showing him, you know, taking him there, and then he goes to yet another place, and there, as he departs from this earth, his robe is left and Mo, um, and his cloak And Elisha picks up his cloak and puts it on his shoulders. And that is witnessed by 50 fellow prophets. And I think that's another aspect of induction there. It's about a witness to the laying on the mantle, if you like, of authority to be certain things, a recognition that God has you for a purpose to be Whatever it is, and in Elisha's case, it was a prophet to bring the word of God, and we know what it is for you because we went through that yesterday, Dan.
3: Can I just add one more? I was thinking um, it's almost like Anne's being good cop, I'm being bad cop, but um, <laughs> it's funny how <laughs> our mind thinks, isn't it? Uh, but the one verse that I always had um, as a pastor, I suppose it's my pastor verse as opposed to my life verse, if that makes sense. And I think looking at Jeremiah 20 verse 9, um, which is that there's a fire shut it shut up in my bones. I am weary of keeping it in. Indeed, I cannot keep it in. And I think that's that sums up the role when you're doing pastoring. There's some days where it is tough, but God just God is there with you all the time, and you can never forget about God. And some days you are weary. Some days that you you know you think, why me? And but I just like to encourage you that. God is there with you all the time and he will never forsake you or leave you. And it's just an amazing thing that he keeps you going in those times. So you know, pastoring's the pastoring is just such an amazing responsibility and challenge and and choice to make. The rewards are so amazing too. When you see someone come to Christ, when you see churches grow, when you see people go out and step out in faith. It is such an amazing thing as a pastor. So, you know, the, the highs far outweigh the lows. That's all I can say. Mm. Yeah. I
0: don't know, Dan, how, how do you bounce off all
1: that? Yeah, um, a, a few thoughts. But being a being a Christian worker, like working full-time for the kingdom, it is not new to me. Like um, we, we lived on gift income, or lived by faith, with, you know, whatever, how, phrase you use, for 11 years. Um, and just being able to work for the kingdom full-time it is such a privilege um, to be able to have the space to do that. Um, I think if you ask me about what does it mean to be a pastor, I, there are two parts to it. One is um, that it's it's another word for shepherd that you shepherd the flock, and um, and it's a servant role. So we're there to to serve the church, to help them um, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. I don't know if we get to the physically side, but <laughs> I might start an exercise campaign. But we, but we're really interested in our congregation and their health in all those different arenas, but especially, um, especially spiritually, as they grow. And so that part, I'm a, I'm really looking forward to all of that. That sits with me very comfortably to be able to care for those and serve those around me. Um, the the bit where it gets a bit tricky. So in our when I planted it planted a church. Um, we got to the point after five years we really needed to appoint a full-time pastor. We just needed someone with that, that amount of human resource and time to be able to give. And um, that's not a job that I was that I felt called to. Um, I, I felt more like an evangelist, um, pastoral care, um, outreach and mission stuff. But I, I didn't want to become the church pastor at that time. I didn't feel like that was what God had for me. Uh, so I stayed working in, in Christ, Christian charity. Um so it's interesting. What's different now, and what what's the big difference? Um, and I think, I think for me, part of my growth journey will be what does it mean to have confidence in leadership. So I'm. I. I it's very easy for me to be a servant leader. Like I'll have influence um, just by the way I serve and the way that I spur each other up, spur others on, and and things. But I think the bit where I'll struggle is. Um, do I, am I quick enough on my feet? Do I have the right answers? Do I, or the right thinking? Do I have enough behind me for that? And I think that level of confidence will be an interesting one to be in charge. So for me, this is a a good place for me to develop personally because I, I get to grow in those skills. but I've got matt who's actually taken the, the lead um, I know we'll co-lead it quite a bit in a different arenas but for me that feels much more comfortable so I, so the question I've been asking God is um, uh, I need to grow in how he sees me uh, grow more awareness in how he sees me and what my future is yeah yeah so so I'm working through some of that stuff um, but it's 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 a healthy journey to, to work out. Um, I think in the Western world we glorify um, leadership and charismatic leadership as well Uh, and there's a risk in that that we actually elevate our leaders too high and right from the school system we see it all over the place in the Western society. Um, I don't aspire, I, I don't have a big urge to be in charge and to be the leader, I'm the reluctant leader. But that doesn't mean I shouldn't actually lead as well. And and so I'm trying to work out where's the correct lines in all of that uh, and how do I do that well and appropriately and as God would have me do it. So there, there's some of right my thoughts, I think. Yeah.
0: That's great. All right. Paul and Anne, just give you a heads up. Uh, I'll, I'll let you ask Dan a question in just a minute, particularly the, the, along the lines of a, a question that would help those of us in the church and those of us wanting to get to know him a bit better um, and uh, i've got a standard one mate, uh, that I, I tend to ask people i'm working nice, with the most
1: embarrassing people. moment
0: yeah yeah well, apart from that <laughs> uh, uh, maybe we'll get started no no we won't do that um uh, what what would it be helpful for people to know about you in order to work with you well what would be helpful for people to know about you in order to work with you well?
1: Hmm. Yeah, um, that, we're, that we're one team together not on a common purpose, that's that's where I really want to focus. And so when when there's a disagreement, let's work it through. Um, I don't like the unresolved so much, so I'd like to be able to work it through if I can with, with them to bond unity unity. Um, but, uh, but this, this thing of being one team, we're all in this together, let's actually work together, um, I think that would be a key part for me. Uh, you know, if there's niggles or if something goes wrong or something doesn't work as well as we'd hoped, um, let's just optimistically find ways of improving it rather than throwing your hands up and saying it to go, all needs to change. It, it's often just about the incremental steps towards our goal. Um, so that would be one thing. I, I've never been a pastor before, so it's a hard question to answer. but, but I think I, I love the what Anne was sharing about encouragement. Um, mm. I, I often think of encouragement as putting heart into someone, um, giving them inner strength. Uh, and so yeah, I, I, I work best in an encouraging environment, yeah, rather than a critical one. <laughs> but yeah
3: so. okay. Uh, can I ask one now? Go for go it. For it. Um, I, I was just thinking about that when you were talking about leadership and that, Matt. Um, Dan, sorry. Um, what? How would you say if someone wants to approach you? Everyone has different personalities. So how is your uh, how does your personality go as far as when somebody's approaching you? Do you like lots of detail or a little detail? Are you how do, you, how do you like information given to you so if someone wants to come and talk to you, they can actually communicate in a way that you understand?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I'm fairly intuitive, so I pick stuff up, so social stuff. Um, I, but I, I will seek to understand before I'm understood. That's And so I'll, I'll actually want to know what, what I'll be able to want to capture from someone who's coming up what is going on? Give me the details. How, does that, how do you feel about it? What, how are you reacting to what's going on? So I'm, I'd rather know more before I have an opinion, if possible.
3: All right. So um, uh, just further that then, on a, on a level, if I came up to you and said, uh, we use something superficial, um, <laughs> deep. Um, if I come up to you and said, the Wi-Fi needs fixing, would that mm. be enough information for you? Or would you like to, the Wi-Fi needs fixing because this and this and this is happening? Which is your yeah. yeah. preferred type is what I'm trying to get to.
1: No, I, I, I like a bit of detail. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: yeah. So if, if you just, yeah, I, I will get to the specific problem rather than just the Wi Fi has gone bad. <laughs> so yeah, I want to drill down and actually work out, okay, what really is the problem here? And then and I, we, can, yeah. we can take that, that to relation as well.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's good to know because it just makes it easier to communicate with you when you know what communicating with, style you're communicating with. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. Um, I've been trying to wrap my brains at the same time as listening to everything that's being said, but I I think, um, I guess where I want to come from is within our um, church community, we have quite a few different groups. We've got older people, we've got younger people, we've got families, singles. Um, We have the Nepalese. Congregation. Um, there's any number of ways that we can cut of the church community into different bits, and we've got some people who feel very connected, and oh, and we also have our online community, and we probably have some who feel not quite so connected. That um, maybe we've even opened up opportunities for people to have their they say but they don't feel like those are working whatever yep. reason. So how, how um, are you thinking about approaching that diversity um, of, of people? Mm. I mean,
1: and that question is especially poignant at the moment, having been through lockdown in a place where people's anxieties have risen, um, where a bunch of people are choosing to either take the opportunity to have a bit more quiet at home, uh, a bit less social calendar, um, and what i've found in in my last place of work is it's been especially a tricky time for introverts or people who find crowds difficult because they've been allowed to actually go back to a fairly comfortable place for them but but, but i've really i've talked with quite a few people who do find who are introverted and and like a bit of space and that they've found it really hard to break out of they they need connection with people they're feeling really isolated but they don't, but they're choosing, well, they're not, they're defaulting to not coming out and not actually pursuing relationship. So if if people are um, expecting relationship to arrive at their door, this is a very difficult time. And I, I think this is a time when everyone needs to invest in relationships beyond themselves and beyond immediate family. Um, so that's one thing, because I've met a few people who feel like uh, not many people know what life's like for them at the moment who are possibly a bit alone. This, this is probably in our lifetime, one of the more significant times for feeling alone and isolated while, while there's a bit of stuff going on. Um, and th- this comes in context that I've been living in the UK for some pretty serious years of the pandemic. Um, it's so different to Tassie. Like we, we were having um, 1,200 deaths per day in its peak. And so the, the loss of life was around us. So it's, but I think the actual emotion and anxiety is the same. So I think with your question, I love diversity and celebrate it. Um, I love that we are different. Um, And I really don't want to get to a monoculture church um, where we're all liking it the same way. I think that's not healthy actually. Um, I I love the diversity as long as we're respecting each other and appreciating each other. Yeah. So I'm not answering your question. Let me just think for a sec. <laughs> yeah, no, that was more of a rant than an answer. Did you um, want to rephrase the question?
2: Um, uh, no, I think it was more that it was just about how how do we how do we work with it is about connection. It is about um, helping different the different cohorts, if you like, or groups, mm. identities within the church. Feel a yeah. sense of connection and and have an opportunity to build um, yeah. a relation relationships that are meaningful within the context of who they are and, yeah. and who the others are.
1: Yeah, we should all have genuine connection with others in our church. Yeah, that's yeah. So how do we go at spotting people who might be slipping through the gaps as well, and then just yeah. to, just gently encouraging a bit more connection. Yeah. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, sorry for the interruption earlier. One of the great things about being a pastor is there's always people around who need a lead a hand. Um, one of the one of the questions I have for you, Dan, is uh, we didn't really give space for this on Sunday morning, but we did a little bit. But why have you given your life to mission? What, like, what is the? I guess, I guess at the heart of the question is, what does your faith mean to you?
2: Hmm yeah
1: that's a bit easier for me to answer that's um my faith for me um when when i am staying close to god um and when i know that i when i know deep within that i'm loved by him then i live in a place where i'm okay i he knows me we're journeying together I am not anxious of the future. I'll take each day as it comes uh, in the strength of knowing that I am his child and, and, and will be right forever. And when, would, when in a couple of periods of time, especially when, when I, I've wondered what's going on and if he's there, the confusion, the isolation, the darkness that, that is in that space when all of a sudden I have to fend for myself and work out my own path and worry about my own future. The contrast of those two sides is so strong. Like for me, living and living with God and knowing him and allowing him to be in control of my life, to, to be Lord of my life, um, that's just the place where I want to be um, and to know that joy and peace that comes from, from being with God in that. And so my motivation for living a missional life is I, I see a lot of people who don't know God and don't have him um, and I, I gee, I would love them to know the peace and joy that comes from from being with Him. So, so my my life, um, I, I went through college, um, school, and college and university, wondering what's the next sensible thing that I should be doing. What's my career path? What do I want to do next? And I, I got to the end of uni um, and had a real, a, a real precious time where I knew actually I don't want to just do the next sensible thing. I I want my life to be guided by God and so it was as a 21 year old just finishing uni that I decided to become a school teacher because I wanted to share Christ with as many young people as I could so I became a maths and science teacher so that so that I could actually um, share Christ with them Uh, and and that just continued further and further into my career so yeah that's my motivation is that people would come to know Christ and the peace and joy there is in following him
0: Fantastic. I don't know, Paul or Anne, are there any other questions you, you I, might have? I have
3: anything? one. Yeah. I have one. Um, I don't know with you. If, if I was to ask you what your life verse is, life Bible verse is, what would you say it is and why would you say it?
1: Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a big Matthew 28. Is it 27, 28? <laughs> I've always struggled with the numbers, but I will be with you uh, always till the very end of the earth. So, this thing of Jesus being with us always—that that's the verse that I think okay, that really influences my life.
0: Yeah, the end of the Great Commission there. Yeah. I think I could probably pull it up. 28, 29. 29. So, when when was it that you first encountered this this verse? Like, can you remember? Was there a moment that really um
1: I don't think, well, there was a se- season of my life. I'm, I've been worried I'm doing this to my kids. When I was on my 13th birthday, we moved from Oakley, Melbourne, which is a really Greek European sort of feel suburb. We moved to, to Smith and Northwest Tassie, which wasn't metropolitan. And <laughs> so I, I really struggled in that move. Um, but it was in that time when I. Uh, I remember I used to milk cows every weekend to try and save up enough money to buy a saxophone. That was a big passion of mine. And I remember riding my bike just talking to Jesus. He, he was he became my best friend through that period. And I, this verse was quite key back then, that he was always with me right to the end of the age. So so I remember Jesus becoming my best friend through that time. I, I don't want it to sound glib or cliche, it was actually genuine. That's who I wanted to spend my time with, yeah. and. Uh, yeah. So and that, as a 13, 14 year old, that was pretty big.
0: Yeah, mate. That, that's huge. And, and I love Like for us as a church, we just, we want to find a way to help people actually do life with Jesus. And and when you boil it down, it's not complicated. I, I yeah. love, uh, that, um, one of the, probably one of the greatest theological minds of the 20th century, is a guy by the name of Karl Barth. He wrote, this big almost library on church dogmatics and a commentary on, on Romans and all sort of stuff. And once a, a reporter said to him, so after all the study you've done, what is it that you, you you've actually worked out? And, uh, uh, and, and, and he said, yeah, well, if I was to boil it down, the, the most important theological truth I've learned is that Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. Mm. that it, it is uh, it's mm. not about being glib but like what you're saying that simple truth that jesus is your best friend mm. that's it's profound and it changes everything right it? yeah yeah it does yeah now i know we're getting we're getting close to the to wrap-up point but i just paul and ann or, or dan if, is there anything else you'd want to share as we as we just get to know Dan a little bit, and as we uh, as we plan through this process of inducting our new pastor for Citywide,
3: I have one <laughs> just on a um, on a recreational level. What are your hobbies?
1: Yeah, you I love being, being, Yeah, love, love being outdoors. I I love nature. It's um, if, if I want to worship God and actually spend time with him, being out in nature is the number one for me. Um, so I used to do a lot of kayaking, but I'm a bit older now. So, so now it's gone to strolling. <laughs> so, yeah, I was a bushwalking, I was a bushwalking guide for a, a while, and I love being outdoors. So that, that's my number one. Um, I've got four children, so I think my main hobby is parenting. <laughs> so, well, my main job. So, yeah, but we, um, I love going to cafes. I really love a good meal out. So, food, good food's a nice interest to me. I don't like cooking. So, yeah
3: on that on that don't like cooking what would be your favorite meal
1: uh pavlova yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> no I, um it's hard to go past a um a shoulder of lamb mint, mint lamb yeah or any any curries really no. yeah
2: well i don't have any questions as such but over the past uh, week or so i've been Reading the first few chapters of Proverbs, and we talked just earlier about um, when Moses laid hands on Joshua, and the spirit of wisdom uh, came on him for his tasks of leadership, and and that you know we laid hands on you yesterday, and wisdom will be what you need as part of the journey for for the challenges and the opportunities. And um, I just I loved that first line that um, there's even just the first verse of the first chapter. um, The wisdom and discipline and there's something we attain as well as like we can receive it the spirit, but it's also something we we can it's, it's We sort of work at it a little bit Mm. and understanding words of insight come as we apply ourselves and through life's experiences. Um, And through that, um, you know, we acquire a disciplined and prudent life, doing Mm. what is right and just and fair. And, you know, for the giving of prudence to those who need it and um, knowledge and discretion to those and I just love how it says for the Lord gives wisdom in chapter two and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding he holds victory in store for the upright he is a shield to those whose walk is blameless for he guards the course of the judge and protects the way of his faithful ones then you will understand what is right and just and fair every good path for wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul discretion will protect you and understanding will guide you guard you so let love and faithfulness never leave you bind them around your neck this is now chapter three write them on the tablet of your heart then you will gain favor and a good name in the sight of God and man And, of course, this is now one of Matt's life verses. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. So may God bless you richly as you begin this path with Citywide Mm. and um, know that the spirit of wisdom is on you. Yeah. Of Lord,
0: look Thanks, out Well, that blessing's a really nice place to, to land a plane, mm-hmm. probably. Just to say, the podcast is now back. Uh, it'll be launched uh, each Tuesday afternoon at 4 p.m., which is probably when you're catching up with this or whenever you bump into it. Uh, it's available on all your favorite podcast platforms. And uh, Paul and Ann and I have had the chance to ask Dan questions. Uh, if you're just watching this now on Facebook or YouTube, feel free to drop a question in there. And, mm-hmm. uh, and when Dan gets a chance, he'll uh, take a look at that and see if he can respond uh, or else shoot him a direct message. Uh, and, uh, we'll together get to know, uh, this, this bloke who is, uh, made his way from the UK to, to join us at citywide. And I uh, have a sense it's a pretty exciting future. Ed. So we're going to have mm-hmm. a bit of fun, I think. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Thanks for being part of the first Next Steps podcast. We'll see you next week.